putting pressure on China in order to be, for them to make sure that it is a non, it is a nuclear-free peninsula. And the way we do that is we make clear to China, which I have done personally with, with, uh, with uh, the president of China, and that is we're going to move up our defenses. I do that all the time. I can't remember a name, and I just go with the title. Sure. That's, that's, people do it. doesn't mean you're old and too incapacitated to be president. <laughs> do you send out goodbye emails when you're arriving places? <laughs> he didn't do that, Sean Aegis Hater. Uh-huh. Hate speech, hate speech. Anyway, nothing happened in the debate. Ain't going to change nothing, so that's all you need to know about the debate, although we'll, we'll play some clips later. And an impeachment's going on right now. They're in break. If anything exciting happens, we'll tell you. The big moment, I think, from yesterday, we'll play for you in a little bit. I was so disappointed the, the Syracuse University uh, racist incidents story. Uh, people have been asking me to adjudicate whether it's real racism or activist hoaxes. And I finally got enough details on the story this morning. And I was coming in loaded for bear. Loaded it, for bear! Because it sounded just completely fake to me. And I was going to pronounce, I was going to stick my neck way out and say, this is, this is a fake. It's hoaxes by a student activist. Well, the... the the uh, Syracuse University Chancellor has beat me to that punch, and he said, yeah, it's a, it's a hoax. The New York Times still has in their most popular articles section, Racist Manifesto lands on Syracuse students' phones, deepening crisis. They yeah. might want to yank that article, shouldn't they? Yeah, you know, it's even odder was um, the authorities haven't been able to find anyone who directly received the manifesto. It was apparent this rumor was probably a hoax. So it's not even clear that anybody actually got this manifesto, never mind that the things, the other things that did happen were done by student activists, as it almost always is. It's funny these hoaxes are never better. They're always so bumbling. Well, and they're obvious, but that's because they're never discussed outside of so-called conservative media. NPR, with a long, dead serious, how does it feel on campus? Literally, the kid says, this student journalist kid says, I haven't been to class for two weeks because I've been reporting on this story full time and it's scary. People aren't walking across campus like they used to. It's very draining. People are draining. People are leaving campus early and the rest of it. And so people who only take in that sort of media hear these stories over and over again. And then when over and over again it's disclosed that it was a hoax, that audience never hears that. Right. So you so you believe you live in a world where this sort of thing is happening all the time. Yeah. The English I mean, racists everywhere. God knows there are horrible things that have happened. Um, but these university incidents are almost always hoaxes. Well, and often the most high profile of these are right. hoaxes. Yep. Yep. Uh, a couple of uh, other stories of note uh, moving across our, away from our shores, away from our shores, Jack, to Asia. Number one, six weeks after uh, the president said that we have an agreement in principle on a partial trade deal with China, he's now saying that it might not be finalized this year because they're dragging their feet again. Dang now, it. come on, China! Come on, China! I love that clip. Um, <laughs> they're stuck on core issues. Uh, who's going to buy what? Uh, tariffs, the rest of it. Never mind thieving intellectual property and spying and the rest of it. Um, it's absolutely clear to me. I mean, it's obvious. It's as obvious as those racial hoaxes, racist hoaxes, that the Chinese are just dragging their feet till after the election. They're just going to keep stringing the Trump administration along, hoping he doesn't get reelected. Uh, second thing is, speaking of uh, stringing people along, North Korea, 
We've told you about this pattern. You probably already know about it. They get all conciliatory and sweet and want to have meetings and summits and smile and shake hands and step over borders and the rest of it and have summits and and get try to get something out of it. Then they get all hostile and angry and we're going to bomb L.A.-ish. And they try to get stuff out of that and they go back and forth, back and forth. Well, old fathead in the North Korean leadership appears to be veering back toward um, being belligerent. He said it would be pointless to attend a planned summit in South Korea um, due to their strained ties with South Korea. There's no point in any more meetings with uh, Trump. Uh, that would just give him something to brag about. Um, so they're getting all belligerent again. So, so much for that one. Isn't there a Jeffrey Upstein update? We talked about it before the show. I was all excited about but I don't know uh, what it was. You know, I looked at that story. The story was that in his uh, various uh, sexatoriums... Would you like to throw in quickly, Sean? Because we get these texts every day. That, that he didn't kill himself? Yeah, every day, several people text, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. You know why that is? Because he didn't kill himself. Oh, boy. So, anyway, uh, his various uh, uh, orgitoriums there, whether it's his island or his mansion, that he was videotaping virtually everything that happened in every room. Oh. I guess recording digitally. Now, I remember when... It would be an odd thing to videotape at this point in history. I remember when they went into his super fancy Manhattan place... They took out all kinds of uh, computers and DVDs and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. is, that, is that what well, that is? Uh, you know, I was going to bring that story up, but then I noticed it's only in the Sun. The Sun newspaper, and they just make stuff up. You know, as I far, mean, it may be true. As far as whether he killed himself or not, he did. So, another topic, if you'd prefer. I mean, that's, he did, clearly. But. I, I, I talked to cops. A guy who was rich and on top of the world who's now going to become the lowest of the lowest scum in prison, a child molester, and never get out. He'll never be free again. They kill themselves all the time. I'm sure they do. But he did have some of the most powerful people on the planet. I mean, like your top couple. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who had reasons to want him dead. Yes. So there is that. Clinton body count. Or Trump, or Prince Andrew, the royal family. I mean, you got some powerful forces out there. Remember, he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein back in the day, oh, and he right, kicked right, him right, out right. of the club. And then there's there's no there's nothing out there, but right. possible. Um, you think Trump had Epstein rubbed out? No, I don't. But I'm working with Rachel Maddow over here on his on his list of friends who hung around were. Some of the most powerful people on planet freaking Earth. Yes, absolutely Which true. is really amazing. Absolutely true. Saudi princes, they they know how to kill people. Bone saws. You remember the bone Murder! Got us. You, you don't think some Saudi prince can figure out a way to get a person killed in prison in the United States? Oh, I'm sure they can. Throwing enough money You're around? right. You're right. All of this is correct. I mean, there's not a lot of evidence that he that he that he didn't kill himself, and he had good reason to kill himself. Right. But Saudi princes, the Clintons, the royal family. Yeah, no kidding. Those are just the ones we know about. And that, yeah, that's just the ones we know about. There might be kings from African nations, all you know, all kinds oh, of various please, famous. various dictators and 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 mobsters and Russian oligarchs. Oh yeah, Russian Ooh. oligarchs, another good one. You think they have a problem, uh, ethical qualms with? figuring out how to way to bribe somebody or threaten somebody, the old silver, silver or lead thing. Right, yeah. I yeah. can either, uh, you know, for the guards, I can either pay your kids way through college and set you up for the rest of your life. Or... Speaking of your kids, here's a picture of them at high school yesterday. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, all we know where you got to do is not go check on him one time. That's right. all you got to do. Right. Give me 40 minutes. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. It's it's absolutely not out of the realm of possibilities. Mm. You think Hillary did it herself? Or I think Hillary to... did it herself. <laughs> she went in, in disguise. <laughs> she had a fake nose and glasses. Right. One of her scarves. Right. And just stared at him with her evil death ray eyes until he killed himself. <laughs> uh, have you heard any Hillary's getting back in rumors? Oh, we were going to break early, so we yeah. have time for the other thing. So never mind. Nobody cares. So <laughs> I don't. So the Democrats had a good morning. The Republicans had a good afternoon. I think that's the fair. They the hearings yesterday. That's the fair narrative of yesterday's impeachment hearings. The bomb just hearings. The bombshell day, according to many. Well, you probably didn't hear the second half of it, and it's kind of entertaining. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'm warning you, this is a little impeachment talk here, which I see all kinds of indicators out there that that uh, that, that interest level is pretty damned high. Um, I don't know people personally who are interested in it, but lots of polls show people are interested. In I it. Uh, I was hanging out with friends yesterday. As I said, we were talking about it. Uh, my buddy who picked me up had it going on his car radio. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, this Sunland guy who testified yesterday, this, this is seen by a number of people as a big day in the whole thing. This was a guy who paid a million dollars to Trump uh, to the inauguration campaign, got named an ambassador, so you'd think would be on Trump's side. In his opening statement, he said um, there was a quid pro quo, and I was directed by the president to do this. Yeah. So here is the Washington Post headline yesterday. Sondland's bombshell testimony leaves Trump's Republican allies scrambling. Mark Meadows, Republican on the committee, tweeted out, Interesting to see how the bombshell highlights running from Sondland's testimony are basically all from his opening statement, which largely collapsed under questioning in the afternoon. It got exposed as almost entirely speculative. So a number of the fair moderators that I like, including George Stephanopoulos, said it was a good morning for the Democrats, good afternoon for the Republicans mm-hmm. in, uh, in refuting it. And you, you may have, if you were listening to our show, you heard the first part. Well, here's the refuting part of it. What's this guy's name, the Republican? I can't remember this guy's name. Mike Turner. I didn't know his act, but here he is taking on Sunland later in the afternoon. Ambassador Sunland, I, I want to walk through some of the portions of your testimony because sometimes you seem to make direct connections and sometimes they seem to be dead ends. I kind of want to clear up what are the dead ends and what are the direct connections. Yesterday, Ambassador Volker, who I consider to be very talented and a man of integrity, and I, I believe you think he's a man of integrity, correct? I do. He testified that the President of the United States did not tie either a meeting with the president, a phone call, or any aid to investigations of Burisma 2016 or um, the Bidens, that that the president did not do that. And you've testified that the president did not tell you that he tied them either, correct? Uh, I did testify to that, although when Ambassador Volker and I were working uh, on the statement and negotiating with the Ukrainians, it was clear to Ambassador Volker that a meeting would not happen without the 
Burisma in 2016. That was very clear to Ambassador Bolton. And, and how do you know that? What did he say to you? Because he says that was not clear to him. In fact, he says that's not the case. He was working on that. He knows that that's what the president wanted, but he didn't have it as this was a requirement. Oh, I, I strongly disagree with that portion of his testimony. It was absolutely a requirement, or we would have just had the meeting and been done with it. What about the aid? He says that they weren't tied, that the aid was not tied. And, and I didn't say they were, they were conclusively tied either. I said I was presuming it. Okay. And so the president never told you they were tied. So your Correct. testimony, his testimony is consistent, and the president did not tie aid to investigations. That's correct. Okay. He also testified that he spoke to Giuliani and that Giuliani did not relate that, the, that he was tying on behalf of the president or on the president's behalf aid. And then, in fact, Giuliani never said to him that aid was tied to investigations. Now, I got, I, the question I have for you is, did you ever have a conversation with Giuliani that did not involve Volcker? Because your testimony is a lot of we's and us's. So did you, do you and Giuliani have a separate conference, separate phone call where Giuliani told you that the aid was tied? Because Volcker says, and if he was on all your phone calls, Volcker says that never happened. No, uh, I did have uh, a few conversations. I don't recall how many because I don't have the records with Mr. Giuliani directly when Mr. Volcker wasn't available. And, and did, I, and did I don't Giuliani believe, say to you, go ahead, what were you going to say? I don't believe I testified that Mr. Giuliani told me that aid was tied. Oh, I, I, I think, see, this is part of the problem, Ambassador Sussman, and I just want to walk you through this, is you've said to us everyone was in the loop, and everyone knew. Now, hold a second. Hold on a second. I've listened to you today as a lot of people, and not only are your answers somewhat circular, frequently you've, you've, you've contradicted yourself in your own answer. Now, the, the text messages and emails that you put up there, Kurt Volker walked us through, and he has a completely different understanding of what you were saying than what you're saying you were saying. So I, I'm a little confused as to how everyone's in the loop, because they're, they're, if Giuliani didn't give you any express statement, then it can't be that you believe this from Giuliani. Now, let me tell you right now, because is Donald Trump your friend? No, we're not friends. Okay. I, we have do, a... do you like the president? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, after you testified... Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press conference and said he gets to impeach the President of the United States because of your testimony. And if you pull up CNN today, right now, their banner says Sondland ties Trump to withholding aid. Is that your testimony today, Ambassador Sondland, that you have evidence that Donald Trump tied the investigation to the aid? Because I don't think you're saying that. I've said repeatedly, Congressman. I was presuming. I also said that President Trump... So no one told you, not just the President. Giuliani didn't tell you. Mulvaney didn't tell you. Nobody, Pompeo didn't tell you. Nobody else on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying aid to these investigations. Is that correct? I think I already testified. No, answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations? Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. So, you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations? Other than my own presumption. Which is nothing. I mean, that's what oh, I don't understand. So you know what hearsay evidence is, Ambassador? Hearsay is when I testify what someone else told me. Do you know what made-up testimony is? <laughs> made-up testimony is when I just presume it. 
I mean, you're just assuming all of these things, and then you're giving them the evidence that they're running out and doing press conferences, and CNN's headline is saying that you're saying the President of the United States should be impeached because he tied aid to investigations, and you don't know that, correct? I never said the President of the United States should be impeached. Nope, but you did. You have left people with the confusing impression that you were giving testimony that you did not. So... I thought that was huge because he had, well, as he said, CNN's got this headline. If you answer yes, that headline is wrong. Is it yes? And Adam Schiff is wrong. Yes. I mean, if the reverse had happened, can you imagine how many times you would have seen that on cable news yesterday? Yep. Yep. If the reverse had happened, if you say yes, the headline on Fox right now is wrong, and and Nunez is wrong. If you say yes, is it yes? Yes, you'd have heard, you would have seen that a thousand times yesterday. It goes against the narrative, on Jack. MSNBC and CNN and ABC and every freaking where else. It's not about the truth. It's about selling commercials, you fool. God, one thing I learned from watching these these, these things, hire a good lawyer if you're in trouble. Because they oh, yeah. vary so much. Mm. You know what Trump's got on his side? That guy's talent. Because everybody has the same information, but that guy right there has more talent. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. is Jim Jordan than most of the other people out there. Terrific. Yeah. So two things uh, on the hearings. Just very briefly. Number one, uh, and this is my opinion, but uh, it has not changed in the recent weeks. Jonathan Turley said there are two definitive statements from the president on the question of a quid pro quo, and they're both unequivocally, there is none, I don't want anything. So as far as direct statements to impugn the president, there ain't any... Second thing is, if the Democrats were to prove their case 100%, I still don't think the American people, a big enough majority, would want the guy booted. I think we're wasting our time. We're spinning our wheels. Marshall's News next. We'll move on, we promise. Armstrong and Getty. important ABC thinks the impeachment hearings are today. As they went to break, they had a little bit of analysis from George Stephanopoulos, then immediately started uh, telling us about the Motley Crue Def Leppard Poison Tour that is going to start next year. Not a lot of analysis today. A lot more about Def Leppard and Poison. The crew and Poison on the same stage. Oh, boy. So, I haven't been following the hearing, but there must not be anything worth talking about today. Wow. Between the hearings and the uh, the uh, debate yesterday, oh, there's a whole lot of droning. Yeah. <laughs> and I took it all in because there's something wrong with me. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, fifth day of the public impeachment uh, inquiry is underway in the House. David Holmes testifying. Now, he deals with political affairs at the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine, and he was testifying. He overheard both ends of a phone call between the president and the U.S. ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland. I heard Ambassador Sondland greet the president and explain he was calling from Kiev. I heard President Trump then clarify that Ambassador Sondland was in Ukraine. Ambassador Sondland replied, yes, he was in Ukraine, and went on to state that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass. I then heard President Trump ask, so he's going to do the investigation. Ambassador Sondland replied that he's going to do it, adding that President Zelensky will do anything you ask him to do. So when the president said he loves your ass, is that like a euphemism for he loves you as a person? Yes. Or does he believe you have a particularly firm and round-shaped gluteus mass? Oh, boy. That's how I took it. I I disagree. I think it's just no. Just general affection. Speculation, Your Honor. Not, but, well, granted. <laughs> 
Holmes went on to testify that a lot of people were noticing and wondering why Rudy Giuliani was... That's such a nice ass. <laughs> why Rudy was ooching around in Ukraine. Over the following months, it became apparent that Mr. Giuliani was having a direct influence on the foreign policy agenda that the three amigos were executing on the ground in Ukraine. In fact, at one point during a preliminary meeting of the inaugural delegation, he gets involved, he goes and Fs everything up. Three amigos, Chevy Chase, Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Martin Short. Yes, yes. there you yeah, go. Yeah, the three amigos. Surprisingly. Will SNL dust them off? Oh, That'd boy. be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> dust them off. <laughs> They're younger than Joe Biden. Come on. Meanwhile, last night we had 10 Democratic candidates on stage in Atlanta going over a lot of familiar grounds with, again, some twists and turns along the way, like this one offered up by Joe Biden. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger other than in self-defense, and that's rarely ever occurs. And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. It will be a big... No, I really mean it. It, it it, It's a gigantic issue. That needs to be kicked and and beaten. (laughs) Gemini. Oh, man, hey, wait a minute. Wait, stop, just stop. Worst metaphor ever. <laughs> I apologize for that. Oh, boy. You know, I was disappointed, though. One thing the Yanger said, Andrew Yang was, as always, really thought-provoking and good, and he's having a big time running for president. Can you play me uh, uh, debate clip seven? Oh, yeah. Well, first I'd say, I'm sorry I beat your guy. <laughs> And second, I would say the days of meddling in American elections are over, and we will take any undermining of our democratic processes as an act of hostility and aggression. So the question obviously was, what would you say to Vladimir Putin? Uh, And I just find that so annoying because the person testifying this morning in the hearings was Fiona Hill, who's one of the lead experts on, on Russia, and she said... It's not. It was. It was not about Trump. The Russians expected Hillary to win. They were trying to weaken faith in the election through everything they did. And if she had won, they would immediately have begun weakening Hillary Clinton any way they could think of. And it's just that whole Trump is Russia's guy thing is just so unhelpful. Boy, Yang had a great closing statement about uh, your kids. Uh, you know, handing off a great country for them and everything like that. Just mm. really good. As opposed to Biden's rambling kind of <laughs> something or other. Venezuelan record player. <laughs> yeah, let's, hear, let's hear Yang. He so if that. you're a parent, you've had this thought. Maybe you've been afraid to express it. And it is this. Our kids are not all right. They're not all right because we're leaving them a future that is far darker than the lives that we have led as their parents. We are going through the greatest economic transformation in our country's history the fourth industrial revolution, and it is pushing more and more of our people to the side. We talk as if Donald Trump is a cause of all of our problems. He is not. He is a symptom, and we need to cure the disease. Now, my first move was not to run for president of the United States, because I am not insane. (laughs) My first move was was to go to D.C., talk to our leaders, and say, technology is ripping us apart. Immigrants are being scapegoated, our kids are being left behind, and the American dream that my parents came here to find is dying before our eyes. 
And the people in Washington, D.C. had nothing for this. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to talk about an issue they don't think they have a solution for. I'm not running for president because I fantasized about being president. I'm running for president because, like many of you here in this room tonight, I'm a parent and a patriot, and I have seen the future that we're leaving for our kids, and it is not something I'm willing to accept. I found that a little apocalyptic, but, uh, but very good. Very strong. And well, it stood out among the other closing thoughts. That that's part of it. Hey, yeah, right. in, the, in the context of some of the other rambling, just the same thing you've heard right. every time in your life. Mechanic- hey, Esther. Mechanically going forward, they need to make agreements with the candidates. We will put a chyron of your website up while you are talking, right, right. so you don't have to eat up some of your time hawking your website. Great idea, Sean. Right? Why wouldn't they do that? Meanwhile, and besides, anybody who can't find their website's too stupid to vote. <laughs> But the vote still counts. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, there was a rally that drew hundreds to protest at the University of California, Berkeley. They were protesting a speech by conservative commentator Ann Coulter. Yelling at her over and over again to go home. We decide who speaks. We decide who speaks. Should be their chance. At least seven arrests. The police had to escort her in and out of the hall where she was talking about immigration policy. That's why she was making the rounds. I can't imagine ever going and trying to threaten a speaker or the people who want to listen to a speaker. It just seems so crazy to me. Well, it's because everything is racism now. Everything that is in the least opposing to what a student thinks is hate speech. And so, you know, I was going to say the only way I could imagine that is if somebody was doing something absolutely loathsome or had an absolutely loathsome message, I could see protesting. But wouldn't you? But that's the problem. They claim everything is loathsome now. Right. And wouldn't you have to feel like they had some, like, chance to... And Coulter shows up in Berkeley, and if you don't do this, a couple hundred people go watch her. She leaves town. Nobody knows. Right. Nobody cares. You know, the uh, UC Berkeley is the Joe Biden of, of colleges, although it has lots of company in this. Biden talking about domestic violence, how we got to solve this problem and punch it and punch it and punch it. <laughs> <laughs> how can you not grasp the irony of what you're doing? How can universities not understand how stupid they look when they say, well, uh, we're going to decide which ideas are okay ideas, and those are the only ones we'll talk about as a university. Well, and, just, and constantly slaps head and gives up. And constant talk about students feeling safe and people yeah. getting beat up when they go to, to see somebody give a speech. Right. Yeah. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I wasn't hurt because I was triggered by some language. I was hurt because this punch person punched me. Yeah. Exactly. I feel unsafe because I'm being punched in the face. This hate speech it makes me feel unsafe. The other uh, weird thing about... Uh, getting babies. The other thing about getting all worked up about Ann Coulter being there is she hates Trump now. She's turned on Trump completely. What so. made her turn? I don't remember. Because she wrote that quickie Trump book, Trump-America, or he didn't, Trump should be God, or I can't remember he what He didn't it was. follow through enough with something on immigration, if I remember correctly. Hasn't uh, gotten uh, Mexico to pay the bill on yeah, the wall? Yeah. In her view, he's too soft on immigration. I think it's an immigration thing. Uh, by the way, we got a, uh, a, a perhaps answer on the Amy Klobuchar tremors thing. Um, a gent has mentioned that his wife has tremors from thyroid disease. Just Googled Klobuchar thyroid. It appears she has had thyroid cancer. She's got to talk about it. It was yeah. all over 
Twitter and the cable shows last night after yeah. the debate. Right. Everybody was bringing it up. I mean, there's a headline in a newspaper today. Um, uh, What's a newspaper, Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> I, was on, I was on a website to look at it, but the Washington Examiner. Uh, shaking like a, like a wet chihuahua. Klobuchar's trembling wow. worries 2020 debate viewers. Well, they, they're quoting a, a tweet. Oh, and, okay. and it was right. all yeah. over Twitter. People right. were saying, what's going on with her shaking? If you're running for president... It looks like you got a health issue. You have to address it. It's not an option. I'll bet they put out a statement today. How have they not already? How yeah, did they not last night? Right. I know. I know. Because it was coming up on all the shows. Well, what's interesting is that, and, and this uh, emailer specula- speculates it might be Graves' disease because he has experience with that, but um, normally her, her symptoms are in check, I guess, because I've never noticed it before. Nothing of note happened in the debate other than candidates in the lower tier didn't take shots at the upper tier. I don't know why. I don't get the strategy there. Kamala Harris at 3% really took on Tulsi Gabbard at 1%. Ooh, I don't know why. Bring it on! Uh, I was hoping they'd kiss at some point. but Oh, boy. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> that is really the worst wow. sort of misogyny. That was shocking. Shocked oh, the it was meant to be a satire yeah. for the sort of people that will say that thing. Uh, um, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, well, I had a point. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard came off as a complete loon. She really did. She's a lunatic. She is a lunatic. Yeah, she's a crazy person. I liked her in the beginning, but she's a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. Cute lunatic, though. And, and oh, man, how many guys have put up with a cute lunatic for too long? Anyway, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I, the headline from the debate to me was that Mayor Pete came off as reasonable and, and, and smart and did himself no harm, and nobody landed a glove on him. Nobody even took a swing at him, did they, other than... I think Cory Booker kind of did. It's hard to tell with Cory Booker. He's just not good. <laughs> Saying we have candidates on this stage who can't appeal to my community, and that's a problem. Oh, right, 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 yeah. I wasn't but sure. But Pete handled it quite well, didn't he? He said, of course, yeah, we're going to be looking out yeah. to... Trying to connect it better with black voters. Although he's at 0% with black voters in South Carolina. That Nowhere is Nowhere to go but up, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is, that is his, that, that's the only uh, like Achilles heel he's got out there right now that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we'll he's got to adopt a fake black slash southern accent and go to a church. Huh, Hillary? Just mention that he ain't in no ways tired. Oh, he's a religious guy, too, Mayor Pete. Always mentions his faith in that sort of stuff, yeah. which it gets into general election yeah. time. That'll help him out a lot, too. The Bible! Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> oh, excellent clip, Michael. That was part of his outreach to, outreach to evangelicals, as I recall. He got the highest percentage of the evangelical vote anybody ever has. It's about the judges, man. Yep, there you go. The Bible! <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Those are the words. Okay, yeah, they, they like to just drop them during mixing. But. <laughs> so, Good Morning America is telling me about the Motley Crue Poison Deaf Leopard Tour and deadly obsessed obsess, obs, stuff mm, in schools. Oh, asbestos. I can only take from that that George Stephanopoulos said, I got nothing to say about the impeachment hearings today. This just ain't nothing. 
Yeah, you know, I want to play a clip of Fiona Hill maybe next hour if you're gifted with the fourth hour of the Armstrong Getty Show. If not, grab the podcast because she just talks about Russian meddling in a way that's really interesting to me. But I have a, philosoph- a philosophical conversation I want to get into, and it's about not about my new adopted policy of nihilism. Ah. Having taken an impeachment and debate all day long. At least it's an ethos. It made me, <laughs> made me decide to give up on everything. Um, but I've got this story, how the collapse of local news is causing a national crisis. We've talked about this before. Ah, yes. A, a new report out on that. But first, this. So uh, Donald Trump went out to meet the media yesterday, and he had some notes for himself, which read, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want no quid pro quo, tell Zelensky to do the right thing, etc. And the Internet did what the Internet does. So is that a real picture? Yes. Do we know it's a real picture? It's just surprising to me because he he talks extemporaneously so often. I'm surprised he has notes that basic for anything. It just surprises me. And the I want nothing being repeated is so odd. Yeah. Although for the purposes of that Ramones sounding song, it was fine. Do you have anything else for us, John? Uh, here we have one in the style of, uh, of Morrissey. I want nothing. <laughs> I want nothing. Is as boring as the real Morrissey. So it's accurate. I had friends back in the day who were into the Smiths' band. They just scratched my head. My son's into the Smiths, and he's on Team Cat. Sort of man have I raised. Wow. (laughs) How the collapse of local news is causing a national crisis. We've talked about this before. According to a new report. Many Americans are woefully uninformed of their local happenings. School board and city council meetings are going uncovered. Overstretched reporters receiving promising tips about stories but have no time to follow up. Newspapers publish fewer pages or less frequently, or in hundreds of cases across the country, are shuttered completely. All this has added up to a crisis in local news coverage in the United States that has frayed communities and left many Americans woefully uninformed, according to a new report by... Pen America. What is Pen America? Well, uh, as you're uh, glancing at that, it will almost inevitably lead to an explosion of local uh, corruption, too. Probably already has. I, I happen to live in a town uh, where it became clear that the uh, city council was utterly cor- corrupt. They were doing all sorts of financial things that were just completely illegal, immoral, etc. Uh, Pen America, a nonprofit that works to defend and celebrate free expression in the United States and worldwide. I knew, shut up. I knew there was something like that. As print advertising revenue has plummeted, as we all know, thousands of newspapers have been forced to cut costs or just close down. Uh, and we, we have seen this firsthand uh, all over the place. Oh, yeah. Three paper towns become two paper towns, become one paper towns, and the one paper towns become no paper towns. And... And if you're getting any information, it might be really bad information that's being fed to you by whatever power wants people to know this. The evildoers. Because it's the easiest way to get it out. Right. Rather than real, any real investigation. 
It uh, it goes through a whole bunch of different cities. It's it's hugely troubling. I don't know what the fix is for it. I don't know if it's one of those things that democracy fixes over time. God, but will it take every town to have a giant scandal that goes on for years before everybody says, okay, we need to have a website and, and we need volunteers who are going to go to the city council meeting and let us know let us know what they said last night. Yeah, I love that idea. I'm not sure how effective it'll be, how easy it would be to get going if it would spread. Isn't the popularity of Next Door, which my wife is on all the time, isn't that kind of local newspapers going away? It's it's spreading gossip about hey there's been some break-ins over on this side of town and this just stuff that you don't get anymore. Yeah, it does. It, it uh, can play a similar role, and you know, old people griping about various things, but and offering up their attempts at humor in many cases. But I enjoy it. It's it's funny. It's quaint. I I think the the lack of local news coverage is going to be huge going down the road. God, and how long will it take? For us all to catch on that we're just getting screwed by our cities, our counties. Nobody's paying any attention. Nobody has any idea what the school board's up to. Right, right. Well, you're already seeing that to some extent with the outrageous curriculum, uh, the curricula that are appearing in schools. God, and then what were, What will the elections be? I never paid that much attention before when they they had articles in the newspaper. And you know, they would endorse somebody or have, you know, the two people that are running for this minor office in your county, and they'd have their positions. Now, with that going away, what is it, just which signs you saw the most? I guess. Turnout yeah. will be 11, and those 11 people go on uh, which signs they saw the most of. Yep, yep. Oh, speaking of curricula and Latin, uh, our m- new Latin uh, motto which I don't recall. <laughs> e pluribus unum. But uh, it's about uh, humor being a great uh, weapon, a great corrector of wrongs. Um, no, that's punch violence in the face. It's available at the Armstrong and Getty Superstore at uh, armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, scrolling, scrolling. It's my slogan. Castigat Redendo Mores. What does that mean? Essentially, ridicule changes morals. And you can buy that. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can. You should. Mm.